Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Welcome back, Emily. Hello, Michelle. To our cozy, wonderful studio here in the city. Sweaters on today. No, well, it is winter so again. Nice, I love it. Yes, <laughs> this is I love a gorgeous it. studio. Oh, thanks, thanks. Beautiful. That is our friend Sarah DeBerkey, by the way. Hi, our <laughs> guest today. Sarah is joining us, and uh, I know this is going to be a fun, wonderfully conversation. Because whenever we get together with Sarah. We have wonderful, fun conversations. I, Painfully shy. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> I think the biggest problem is that we didn't come with enough wine because when we talk with Sarah, we tend to uh, a few glasses go by quite quick. So Very we're yeah. going to true our best to be conservative <laughs> with our glasses today. Yeah, and, I'm going to break the show. And it's a really, really good. Bottle of wine, too. It's delicious. I already drank half my first glass. (laughs) You have to now wait. All right, I'll be a good girl. (laughs) You're you're rationed. Said me never. (laughs) Well, since we're talking about this wine, why don't I dive right in Mm -hmm, here and mm -hmm. share? So this was another wonderful Michelle find. Congratulations on this wine. Again, I went to that wonderful place called The Wine Merchant. Yes. And uh, asked for Love that place. And he said, our our friend Sarah, who's going to be on the show tonight, she likes red. Yeah. And he said, well, what kind of red? And I go, you know, she has enjoyed every red we've put in front of her. So, <laughs> so he said, Very well, that, that makes it easy. That makes it easy. And he had nothing but good things to say about this bottle of wine. I said, all right, I'll buy it. Yeah. So this is an Argentinian wine. It's a Malbec called Anco. And um, you know, Anco means high water, which is really interesting. I, I think this region is... Uh, from what I've read about it, just a really interesting, like rugged, mountainous region. So, mm. kind of gives you a real visual of mm-hmm. of where this vineyard sits. Um, I I'm quite impressed, actually. <laughs> I think it's lovely. I I definitely this color on this. It's got that kind of dark purple ruby kind of color. You know, you get the your nose in there, and I get tons of dark fruit and spice. A little um, dried mushroom on the nose. Well, there she goes throwing mm. in that whole mushroom thing. I was I was right with you on the dried fruit. I'm like, yes, spices. And she Definitely. goes mushroom, and now I'm now I feel inadequate. Oh, I can't I can't smell the mushroom. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? I don't I don't know the mushroom, but okay. I love the picture that you were painting of where it's grown. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's lovely to think about it. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. I I think it's uh, you're gonna love this. Uh, that soft supple tannins it's got a little vanilla on the end it's firm and bright all at once it's great what do you think oh i want to hear you can drink it right away yeah um, that's what he said i because i asked i said you know emily what i need to find out how long do we need to aerate this because oh just open it up and go i said this which is, that, that's is true. my bottle of wine because mm-hmm. um, we've drank some things on on the show where we've 
let it sit for an hour, yeah. two hours, or three. whatever. Three. <laughs> before we still get to it. it. Yeah. Open up. <laughs> yeah, our listeners are really bored by the time we're able to start drinking. We're like, yeah, it's going to be an hour. We're still decanting. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, and they, they carry it often, or they have they have many cases. It's a it's a regular staple they have at the wine merchant, so it's not mm-hmm. something that you won't be able to find. What was the price on this? It was about $13. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, it was not, a, not an expensive totally bottle. Reasonable. Good daily drinker. Yeah. Yes. yes. So, Michelle, I don't know if you know this, but I actually ran into Sarah over the weekend, which was a lot of fun. Well, I wanted to know because I wasn't able to go to the gala because I had was out of town for a wedding. Right. And you and uh, our yes. friend Anne Austin went to the gala. That's right. And, and I saw the pictures on Facebook and, and Instagram and, you know, I'm... I'm almost over it. <laughs> I'm only going to sulk a little bit longer. Well, we're going to have to rub it in a little bit because that was an outstanding event. It was lovely. I yeah. think the food the food looked great. I was a volunteer, so I ate volunteer food. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I know that, okay, yeah. Okay, but um, actually, our volunteer good food was delicious too. But yeah. you know, they don't screw up anything at the Ritz. But oh, your food looked fabulous. Yeah, and they paired wine with uh, every one of the five courses. Yeah. So this event was. Wonderful. I want to kind of backtrack and just oh, kind of like. I'm sorry, I'm jumping right in. Please it was so do, because it was wonderful, and I, I, I definitely want to share with you about that wonderful wine dinner. Mm-hmm. But Saturday in general, I felt a little bit like a rock star on Saturday. Did you? Because I had one fabulous event after another. So as you know, the International Film Festival was in town last That's weekend. Right, right, because our previous we had a guest premiere of our, our of our movie our background actor. Yes. Our background acting movies, yeah, yes. as opposed to extras. You yeah. were very convincing once again, you I, know. I, 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 I yeah. nailed it again. Completely, completely oh, nailed it. She's meant for starting. I, <laughs> I can rock the background actor. So I, eventually I'll get to see Horace Parallel Chords. So exciting. You will. We'll, we'll arrange something for we'll sure. So yeah. I started, so I went to that the film screening, How which was, was great. Crowd? It was a full house. Fabulous. Cool. Yeah, Fabulous. which was great. And then afterwards, um, we had to get together for the gala, which was for the Upworth Center, which is this wonderful oh. foundation that helps um, helps families with uh, foster children and various services to help children who, you know, are without families. Uh, it, it's. I believe they have... Um, uh, on-site residential. They do. So they have residential care mm-hmm. as well as out, not outpatient, but like day, they, day, yeah. like day exactly. school. They have a how, lot of. How does that? They have a lot of programs for families and children being treated as as an outpatient. Okay, that's but then the right they also word. have residential treatment okay. for um, children who are not thriving where they have been placed, and mm-hmm. there's a variety of reasons for that. But very often, these kids have really rough starts, and mm-hmm. it's beautiful to be part of an organization that is helping to fix that. Yeah. And they've been around a long time. Uh, Since the Civil War. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yes. And it's a very well-respected agency because Mm -hmm. they do good work and they do good work year after year. And it was a privilege to serve as a volunteer, although I really wanted that meal. (laughs) Yes. So I, so I, you know, I was um, invited on behalf of our friends. Well, we were invited. That's correct. And I was out of town. Yes, that's very true. We were invited. Yes, that's very true. See, that's a part, dog on it, shame. Dog. It's a part of my sulking. You know, but my, it was my friend's daughter's wedding, and it was had been oh, on the you books can't miss that. a long, long, long time. So yeah. So uh, can't miss that. so we had the event, which I'll tell you a little bit about. But 
after the she event. She looked like a movie star, too, by the way. Right. Well, I saw the up, pictures. Oh my God. Gorgeous. <laughs> oh, thank you, ladies. <laughs> but uh, after the event, we had, we went back to the wine merchant because they had a little mm. private party for the Psalms that were Neat. attending the event and pouring. So they had some interesting bottles that they opened up. And mm, then mm, after mm, this, mm. yes, there's more. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anne and I were invited to a party um, that was thrown in a, a beautiful old mansion in St. Louis that was hosting uh, for all of the directors and producers of the films in the film festival. <laughs> so that was my what Saturday a day. night. What a day. <laughs> wow. Not bad. <laughs> yes. But so yeah. Yeah. when did you come back down to earth on Sunday? I still have not. <laughs> I'm still no floating wonder, on a cloud. No wonder Emily kept driving by the studio going, where is the valet? Where is the valet to take my... Am I going to park this thing myself today? Uh-huh. Don't they know who I am and where I was this weekend? Have they not oh seen my, my outfit? Yes. Yeah. So this was a multi-course dinner. The the gala was a multi-course black tie event, multi-course dinner, and every table had a different psalm assigned to the table. You're, is that short for sommelier? Yes. Okay, because I didn't want people to think we were talking about Bible psalms. <laughs> the psalms. Or, or doms. Or doms. <laughs> That'd be a totally different party. It's a different gala. <laughs> I need a whole different outfit for that right. one. I made friends with my very own volunteer sommelier. That's <laughs> nice. That was, nice. That was a wise decision. Yeah. So did your was your sommelier from the wine merchant or somebody? It was, uh, no. Um, in fact, Danny, mm-hmm. the our friend there, was... Uh, the table next to us, but our sommelier was from another company, uh, a distributor called Major Brands. Okay, yeah. So um, it was just, it was, yes, the food, to answer your question, was decadent. It was, and it just kept coming. And I I kept thinking, why are there not to-go bags? I mean, I know it's the Ritz, I know this is a gala, but I totally would have taken a to-go bag because there's just... It's so, so much. much food. I hate wasting food. And, you know, there are some restaurants that do a beautiful job at, like, in, instead of doing a coat check, they have they have food check. You know, <laughs> like, they just give you a number and go, when you leave, you know, here's yeah, your, here's, your here's for your, yeah. Which so is, was there dancing and stuff at the gala as well? Was. Who was the band? Tim Cunningham Band, I think his name was. Okay. And they were good. Yeah. They played great music all through dinner, and then they got people out there moving. Yeah. All right. How much did you spend on the auction? I didn't. Because, I mean, let's Wait, talk about they, it. They, Thousands they of pretty, dollars. Yeah, they so were, yeah. wasn't like, there wasn't an, an entry level. Yeah. Uh, the how one, I got roped yeah. into the volunteer event was I made the baskets. Okay. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. I I have kind of a gift for that. That's my artsy fartsy oh. streak. I can make gift baskets, so I don't know why. Anyway, um, I knew what those were gonna go for. <laughs> so I knew those were too rich for my blood. Yeah. And then we could have yeah. bid on the live auctions as volunteer, but those things were oh, also I've, Yeah, I've done that I was like, before oh, you're like, okay. no, I'm just gonna I, I knew I'd be uh, outbid and um, you know, why embarrass myself? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes in those things I like to go around this silent auction and, you know, make people bid a little more. You know Knowing what I'm saw? not going to be stuck with it. Because okay, because I was spotting in the crowd for the live auction stuff. Yeah. There were people that upbid themselves. They oh, were, seriously? They were winning. The gal, I know, I saw this because I, I was like 
playing mm-hmm. with the, their table. The gal that won that trip to Italy, yeah, she upbid herself. She first bid ten grand. That was the opening bid, I think, and then nobody else was bidding, and she bumped it up. Wow! And then she got the other people bidding. I don't remember. It was in thirteens, I think, was what so she. So she spent clearly on it. did that intentionally to keep it going. That's you amazing bet. of her. Okay, yeah. and then other people donated just. To donate, we, we should donate. We cool. should donate an episode of Clearly Speaking the podcast. I we should think offer that's a that great idea. <laughs> Let's do Wouldn't that, that next funny? year. I'll be like, up. okay, I'll bid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first for opening amount fifty dollars, sixty five. There was one item that I was like, okay, I will bid on this if it doesn't get too crazy, and it was three bottles of awesome you know, French wine. And so, but the starting bid on that was 300. But I was like, oh, you know, okay, maybe. I have to maybe, schlep those bottles you know. around and I have to go to the director's party later. I just, <laughs> you know, it, practic- well, it wasn't a practical it, bid for you. They didn't, you know, I mean, the, the thing is. could have broken them. They could it was, just- it was, it was like, up to 900 before you knew it. So it was oh, like, yeah, that one went, you know, really there was no yeah. chance. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good, that's though, okay. that they raised a lot of money then yeah. for the oh, organization. Oh, they raised a boatload of money. I think they probably made their goal, and their goal is really ambitious, and it's um, a great thing to see. Is I it? believe it was their 16th annual. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was just a beautifully done event. And yeah. And your friend Jason, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so wow. Jason I mean, at the Wine Merchant, the owner, yeah. is very active with Epworth. the Epworth. Okay. And, in fact, he comes from a family where they fostered children Aww. you know and so he that's a very dear cause to his heart so um and of course that's something that sarah you i imagine have a heart for as I well do. with your you know your background i do i was adopted as a baby and mm-hmm. i did spend the about the first six weeks of my life or so in somebody's foster care i mm-hmm. never got to meet those people yeah. but i met my birth mother when i was 19 and we're still best friends wow. and wow. Uh, yeah it's um we were trying to figure out huh, the timing with the years before um, we started recording, and this spring will be 35 years since we met. Mm. Wow. And um, how, how wonderful I for the two of you. I cannot say enough cool things about how much that has enriched my life in so many ways. You get to hear about the bad stories on, you know, Oprah or, you know, whatever. You don't get to hear about the good adoption stories, and yeah. you don't get to hear about the good reunions, for sure, because um, our, our reunion couldn't have gone any better. There was It was a love fest with a blending of a family, yeah. um, with a new family, and uh, I got welcomed into—I call my biological family my bonus family. Okay. I got welcomed into that family as— the long lost little thing that I was, it's nice. and it was so cool. And and um, I I'm trying not to cry. And sure, I, no. But um, well, I've um, had so many neat things that happened because of that. I want to ask you a question: Did your birth mother seek you out, or did you yes. seek her out? Yes. Now here to rewind on that sure. to make the answer short. Yes, my birth mother found me, okay. and she wrote to my parents. Okay. Um, however, when my parents got the letter. I'm the youngest of three, and all of us are adopted. All of us have different biological kids. I was the only one that was ever curious. 
So you grew up knowing. I grew up never not knowing that okay. I was adopted. I, I once asked my mom, how did you tell us? Because I did not remember. And she said that she would use the word adoption in the everyday vocabulary. So it was like no big whoop for us kids. Mm-hmm. For example, oh, you're the cutest little adopted thing. Okay. Oh, you're the I'm so glad God gave you to us. Okay. That kind of stuff, you know, when they were cooing at us when we were babies. So, again, being the youngest of three, it was no big whoop for me. It was just, that's my family. I don't know. Yeah. We're different. We're adopted. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was adopted, but it was no big deal. Yeah. And I never looked at my siblings as not being my siblings, my parents as not being my parents. However, when I would ask, I would say, why did my mom give me away? Why did my mom not keep me? I would ask these kind of questions, my siblings, to to my mom and dad, and um, my parents were just so loving. This is how they answered. Your birth mother loved you so much that she wanted to have you more than she could give you. Your birth mother loved you so much that she wanted you to have a mommy and a daddy. Your birth mother loved you so much that she wanted you to have a whole family with brothers and sisters. I mean, that's how they would answer me every time. So I never grew up with a chip on my shoulder, and I always grew up knowing, and I said it out loud when I was little, and I Mm -hmm. meant it, I'm going to find her someday. Yeah. Interesting. And I and I meant it from the bottom of my little itty bitty four year old toes or whatever. Yeah. All the way yeah, all I felt it with I'm gonna I'm gonna meet her someday. It just never occurred to me that I wouldn't. Yeah. However, You'd... I was surprised when <laughs> my <laughs> parents came to tell me that hey, we were from your birth mother. Did did she ever have any other children? No, I'm her only child. Mm-hmm. Um she never married and um um, part part of it is because of the devastation she felt when she mm-hmm. surrendered me for adoption. How, how old was she? She was 23, but this is 1964 when I was born, and you didn't keep your baby. Oh, um, if you were I was a product or, of yeah. a one-night stand. Okay. Um, she was a young college co-ed, really hot little physical education major, and my father was, my bio- biological father was um, the youngest university professor ever at the University oh. of Wisconsin. He so was people not do their living research. with his wife. Yeah. <laughs> he was married but not living with his wife, and Mary believed him when he said he was separated. And, oh, uh, mm. yeah, because yeah. you wanted wow. him when you're, you're stupid yeah. and 21. I wonder how many other children he has. Oh, well, I got to meet my biological half-siblings, and we think there's quite a few. I mean, well, that's where you do the Ancestry.com and see who you know see pops, up, pops up pops up on it. Yeah, oh, amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I I I, know, I love this conversation, but Sarah, your glass has been empty for some time, so oh, let's go ahead and take a little here. pause so we can refresh these glasses, and then we'll we'll keep the conversation going. Works Sounds great. good to me. We're back. And we're back. With full glasses. Full glasses. And I wanted, I know I was telling you earlier that I have this, I have this funny story to, to share with you guys. Oh, yeah. Funny, embarrassing story. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to, I, part of me wished I had taken a picture and then like Instagrammed it out for everyone. But then part of me was like, well, maybe not. So I have, I love, love, love sparkling water. Oh, me too. And I love my soda stream and I always love to have cold sparkling water. Mm-hmm. And I got this um, this matcha tea powder, right? And I was like, this morning I would read the directions and I poured the matcha tea powder in my in my sparkling water in my reusable water bottle. Oh, that's very environmentally conscious of you. Very. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And this is this morning. It's about 8 a.m. It's a holiday today, so, you know, it's all right. I, I can stay home. And to get everything, you know, dissolved, I shook it. Oh, no. I shook my water bottle. And when I popped the top open to oh, drink it, the, the, the spray went all oh. up on my face and my oh. hair. There's a, there's a stain on my ceiling. Oh, it got oh. all in everywhere. All I oh. could do was laugh and go, Of course, Michelle. Right. I'm like, what, course, are, what were you thinking? Yeah. thinking about that. And I can hear like the shh from oh. the bubbles that were trying to escape. From my water bottle, I would have done that. I I was like, "Well, I guess it's I'm going to be you know washing, shampooing my hair today, as opposed to like having having a dry shampoo day." (laughs) Yeah, because I had all this matcha powder and stuff, and it was just really, really. Well, it looks like it did well for your hair. Oh, perhaps you've discovered a new treatment. It did say it was like for vitality. (laughs) You know, you just kind of spray it up. You Uh, set in the hottest trend, and then you rinse in soda water with matcha tea. Yes. Oh, it's also you know nice. My skin is all, all fresh. Yeah. But I was like, of course, Michelle. I mean, sometimes I do <laughs> the silliest things. You know, we should bring <laughs> sparkling water to these shows because I love sparkling water and I find that I actually drink much slower when I have sparkling water on hand because it kind of, you know, revitalizes the tongue mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. You, you sip know. instead of gulp yeah, the sparkling water. Right. I sometimes gulp it, but I do. I do like my sparkling water, and I'll come home. And my son likes the sparkling water too. And <laughs> when I came home this evening, and uh, he was standing in the kitchen, and again he has the empty sparkling water soda stream bottles. And I said, William, these are empty because I like to come oh. home and have it nice. And <laughs> he's like, I know, I know, I know. I I heard you. Lock the car. <laughs> I picked him up real fast from the living room, and I just didn't have time to fill him up yet. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like the cat in the hat, you know, the thing one, thing two, right? It's like, oh, no, she's going to need the sparkly water bottles. I can't let her down again. So, yeah. So, anyway, that was my funny story that I wanted to share about my uh, my day. Your soda stream so, facial. FYI, don't oh, shake up. <laughs> You're already carbonated water. Yeah, I will definitely give that a In your reusable uh, water bottle. Okay. D- no, it doesn't work. There is physics involved, but, you know. It, yeah. Is there, have you ever, can you put it in a regular glass bottle? Or is there any? For the soda yeah, stream? Yeah. No. I've always wondered. It didn't. It, didn't. it doesn't stay. It'll lose. Oh. The, the soda stream bottles are designed for to keep the carbonation. So I can put it in my re, my reusable. It's a little thicker plastic, and it will stay carbonated for a while. Mm. It just, if you open it up and the thing oh, just sure. like shoots out, so you have to be ready. Brought to you by <laughs> Soda Stream. <laughs> yes. Right? Uh, hashtag Soda Stream. You guys want to be a sponsor. Uh, uh, Emily and I, we prefer to have our, our canisters of carbon carbonation delivered yeah. oh, yes. um, on a regular basis. Just, yeah. just keep it coming. So anyway. Yeah. I'm not a soda drinker. I do like sparkling water. Yeah. Yeah, I don't drink but soda. That's that's I, all you use yours for is your sparkling yeah. water. Sparkling that's water. Smart. That's mm-hmm. it. I have saved so much money now because I don't buy cases of sparkling water or LaCroix mm-hmm. or any of those things I was, you know, buying all the time. Does it taste as good as like a Pellegrino or something like oh, that? Oh yeah. So good. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, it's pretty. I mean, 
It's 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 living it's living the high life. <laughs> oh, one, I, wanna, I aspire to be like you. One other thing that I learned this weekend because the wedding I went to was in Boston and so actually <laughs> Cape Cod. And, Not bad. And, and they got married in the same church that the Kennedys like to attend. Oh, so that was pretty so cool. So you were living a pretty good life yourself right. this yeah. weekend. It wasn't the gala, yeah. but still. I was a lowly volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, had, I had a lot of wine myself, you know, drinking. But um, yesterday, waiting for our flight home from Boston, we had some time and we went to Paul Revere House. Oh, that's so neat, neat, isn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. And, and, you know, reading all about the, the history. I mean, you, you know, you don't know the story, but like, you're like in the house and then yeah. looking at the different exhibits. And I had never put two and two together that uh, Revere Ware is named after Paul Revere because he was a goldsmith and a hmm. silversmith. Yeah. I actually didn't know uh, that. I was like, yeah. wow. <laughs> I, never I was put like, that together. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That makes so much sense now. Mm-hmm. I love Boston. I really do. It's such a... Yeah, it yeah. was good. Yeah. It was good. And I was able to get William a, another college sweatshirt. So <laughs> just like every place else I go. So yeah, you know, it was a, it was a fun 48 hours of mm, uh, being away. Yeah. And, uh, but... Uh, you're getting ready to leave again on another trip soon, aren't you? I do. I leave next week. Next week to Sweden, right? <gasps> Hello, Sweden. I'm coming. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We do How long so- do you get to go? I'm going to be gone. Uh, the full trip will take me 10 days because I have two travel days, but um, I'll be gone a week. And uh, one time we're going to be doing a, uh, a two-night cruise to Estonia. I've never been to Estonia, so that's oh. going to be pretty exciting. I think Emily and I might try to do a... Mm-hmm. a an amateur little, little podcast session while I'm in Sweden and see how yeah. that goes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to say hi to all my Swedish friends who are who do listen to us. I'm coming. Anne, Isabel, Gabriella, yeah. Charlotte. I think that's all right And do you have a I bunch of friends in Sweden? I do. I have cool. I have one main uh, soul sister, Anne, and uh, through her, I met uh, several others. And so I'm looking forward to... Seeing the ladies again and going out. And I will tell you, what's amazing is that women of the same age, no matter where we live, we all talk about the same things. Right? <laughs> we all have the same issues. Um, everybody's divorcing their husbands. They're right. <laughs> like, you know, buying their new places, talking about, you know, the next life, you know, next stage and phase. And it's pretty cool. And, you know, it's like, you know, the sisterhood doesn't just, it's just not here in St. Louis. It is, it is global, you know, and I'm, mm-hmm. but if there are women on other planets, it'd be the same. We'd have the same we'd kind of sisterhood. We'd sit down and hang out and go, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and whenever there's wine involved, we always have the same thing. So I'm looking forward to it, and I I know that— uh, That is so cool. We're going to—it'll um, it'll be nice So do you s- fly, like, into Oslo? Where do you— No, that's in Norway. Oh, that's nowhere. That's I right. fly into Stockholm. Oh, okay. From Chicago. Not bad. And this time I'm flying nonstop, so I won't have a layover anywhere else. I'm flying on Scandinavian straight into Stockholm from Chicago, so that will be nice. And, um, yeah, and then we're going—I have— uh, Anne has it all planned out. So, but I do want to wish her son Marcus happy birthday. His mm-hmm. birthday is today. And he's fourteen. Oh, happy birthday. So happy nice. birthday, Marcus. I'm sure he'll listen to this show. But oh yeah, I'm sure he will. <laughs> I'm sure his mom will be like, "Yes, you should listen to Michelle's podcast." Go ahead. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but I'll tell him that I, I wished him a happy birthday on the podcast. Yeah. So yeah. Um, anyway, that's enough about me right now. I'm going to take a little uh-huh. sip of this wine. Oh my you guys, gosh! Feel free to talk. <laughs> 
Well, I remember we had a really nice um, picnic our, uh, on your uh, back deck that we've referred to on multiple times, and Sarah was there, and of course Sarah was there the whole night that the this this concept podcast. was really took took into shape about our podcast, and we've explored so many um, great in depth kind of conversations with Sarah from everything from Me Too to politics to I mean we, divorce divorce, divorce yeah marrying dating yeah. when you're fifty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All kinds of interesting things. I, you know, in St. Louis, sometimes dating when you're 50 is an oxymoron. You know, it's like, yeah. why? Why? It can be so hard. And I I wonder if you've have felt this. I mean, I'm not 50 yet, but I'm close. Um, men still behave like they're in high school. Some, yeah, absolutely. Like, wait, we're... No, you run away from them. Well, yeah. If, hey, we know they'll never change. <laughs> they never change. Okay. And yeah, there are some people that's, that were stuck there and you're like, how did their ex-wife put up with it for 25 years that they were married? <laughs> Sometimes you wonder. Or, or you go, oh, <clears throat> I know why you're divorced. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so clear. It's, it's so, so clear very, why your wife left very you. Clear. <laughs> what do you think is the hardest thing about dating in your 50s? Well, it's not like when you're in your 20s and you're out and about and meeting people in the same way. Um, You have to really join something. Like, um, I had my best luck with eHarmony. Really? Yeah. But um, even that's not as good as, like, if you, like, hire a dating service or something like that. Mm. And I know that probably the closest dating service that's got any merit is, like, out of Chicago or something. I don't have the resources for that. So how how do you meet people? So you've tried several of the dating, like eHarmony or Match or some All of, of them. So what was your worst <laughs> dating? Um, what was one of your worst first oh, dates God, by I a... I wish I could... Narrow oh, down to just give one? Me, <laughs> give me warning because, oh my God, I have some fabulous stories that were just complete disasters. That um, I do remember I met one man out at a winery. And it was his idea to go out. I live in South City, and to go out to Highway 94 is at a winery, which was his suggestion. Oh, that's okay. a nice idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this sounds like a nice idea. I do like wine. And um, it's just you know an hour so drive. I, I drove out there an hour, and yeah, <laughs> this is your well, it first turns date? out that yeah, this was the first date. It turns out that he was staying in a hotel that was you know like 15 minutes from there. So I'm I'm glad that it worked out for him. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I drove all the way out there, and literally. He took one look at me, and I almost saw a sneer come across oh, his face. I yeah, yeah. kind of like, Ugh. yeah. Or they and say, so hell yes, he bought lunch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and my. hell yes, I let him. I let him buy me some glasses of wine too. I'm like I'm not driving all the way out here for you to take one look at me and say, oh, that's yeah. There, there's been a couple of those, but those are. If, in between, I, mm-hmm. I you know I've met some really nice people. I've gotten to have some really nice experiences. Um, been to neat places. I've mm-hmm. met a lot of really neat men. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, Just God, yeah, sticks. those disaster stories are, are are snuck in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. but sometimes there's well, disaster, disaster stories of dating, and then oh, those least, are way more fun to talk about. Yeah, you have this you know the bad stories. You're like, <laughs> oh, this, at least this will make a good story. You know, I'll get through this glass of wine or whatever. And oh, that's this exactly make a good story. what I was saying about there plus there was a really nice view yeah it was a lovely day <laughs> i can say all yeah. kinds of nice things about you know the rest I, of the day when i finally kind of uh, i don't i don't care for you know the online dating things because i don't i don't have a lot of time to put in the energy to like 
you know, write the nice things. I used to call it my part-time things. job. Yeah, it's like, why? You spend so much time doing that. Um, no, and, and, and then you're continually let down. <laughs> but I, <laughs> when I went to one date off of, uh, I think it was Tinder or something, we met in the Central West End for lunch. And I felt like I was on a job interview. And I'm like, this absolutely sucks. And I'm... And I'm just trying really hard to like win this. I mean, you know, like when you're trying to win a job, yeah. And you're like, I don't really want this job. Why am I? Why am I trying to you know be successful at this job? And so when I finally <laughs> let myself, re- it's okay. Not everybody has to like you, Michelle. It's okay, and uh, you know, move on. And uh, yeah, it just it's just too much, too much out there. But I I admire Graham. Um, I admire the um, women who continue continue to get out there and try it, you know. Yeah. Well, like, because you must really admire me. I really admire you. <laughs> I've been divorced now seven years, and I am out there a lot. Girl, so, I've been divorced 15 years. I'm done. So <laughs> I'm so done. I think it would be kind of a fun request to put it out there. So ladies um, and men, you know, feel free to call into our comment line um, and— Share some of your stories with us. Here it goes, 812-727-0794. Or email us your stories. Oh, there's great stories out there. I wish, um, I've been single twice because I've been divorced twice. And I wish, I wish I would have written some of that stuff down (laughs) because they were hilarious. And at the time, I could tell a story at any any gathering and make my girlfriends just dissolve into a puddle of laughter um, because they were hilarious. The bad ones are the fun stories. Well, and there's learning lessons there, right? Oh, yeah, there were learning lessons on all of them. Yeah, we we learned through our... (laughs) (laughs) The way that I'm really bad at picking... (laughs) <laughs> oh well. No, that's okay. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I would love for you to share a little bit about the situation with your second ex-husband. Oh, the toddler. The toddler. How? Oh, how, that's true. How, you had a how theory. your red flags that you just didn't pay attention to, and then yeah, and we'll get to that right after this break. Okay. And we're back. We have a little bit more, more wine, and uh, we've all had a little bite to eat, little mm-hmm. crackers mm-hmm. that we decided we thought we'd spare the crunching. We would yeah. eat those and during the terribly break. Terribly sorry about the over crunching. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. You're welcome to crunch, Sarah. <laughs> Wanted to share. It's all right. It's okay. But anyway, before we went on on break to re- to replenish, uh, we were getting to start to hear Sarah's story about. Her second husband, the toddler. And no, for those listeners, she did not actually marry toddler, but that is the <laughs> name that we're going to refer him refer him to to whatever. Well, goes. trust me, it's it's kind to ever. It's a very kind term, except um, to two year olds, because <laughs> um, he behaved badly. He yeah. really did, and um, you know, it, we were talking. We kind of started talking about red flags. Yeah, um, I married him too fast. How long did you date? Six months. Yeah, that was oh, pretty that's fast. fast. Yeah. 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 You're still- now, I wasn't in a hurry really to get married. I was really having fun as a single person. Um, but I was just, he was really good and an excellent salesman. And 
he convinced me that he was Prince Charming. I How did he do never, that? I was never happier than the day I got married to him. Really? I, oh, yeah, I was completely snowed. How did completely he convince snowed. you he was Prince Charming? Well, I'm pretty open, and he asked. He would ask questions, and he was good at asking questions and listening to what your answers were. What my answers were mm. um, at the beginning, um, <laughs> because he used that information to craft a persona for himself to and fit your to fake it to fake to it. fake that he was the man of my dreams, and it would be just little subtle things like, oh, you know, when we're married, we could have a house like that, and. Um, you know, just little stuff that was kind of like, um, safety and security was, uh, on my list yeah. as far as what I was looking for in a relationship. And he picked up on that for sure. I probably even verbalized it mm-hmm. and he did everything that he could to make sure that I felt very very safe protected and, and safe and secure and all that kind of stuff and <laughs> changed very, very quickly after the wedding. Had he mm. been married before? Yes. How many times? Once. Okay. And he had been single a long time and I had been single a long time. Um, neither one of us had kids. And did you meet through a dating, like the... Uh, no, this one was meeting through a friend. Um, oh, I, wow. Yeah. I, Are you still um, friends with that person? <laughs> no, because it was a friend of his from childhood. Oh, okay. I was working with a friend of his from childhood. It turned out to be the, the brother of the guy that was our best man in our wedding. Okay. So um, these guys knew each other, and because my friend that I worked with, um, this was his big brother's friend, he idolized him and told yeah. me all kinds of great mm-hmm. things about him. And, you know, the toddler could have walked on water as far as he was concerned. And so it was kind of, he was vetted at the same time. Yeah. And then... And you trusted your coworker. Well, yeah, I trusted him. But then I was also thinking that I trusted myself because, boy, I couldn't get it. It couldn't get any more right. obvious that he was just the perfect guy. What are you waiting for, Sarah? I've had one of those. You know, and- I've been waiting for this guy forever. Here he is. And I had a girlfriend say to me one time when I was talking about him, I was like, blah, 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 you know, sunshine and rainbows and, you know, farts, $50 coins, gold coins. (laughs) She said to me, she goes, well, he sounds a little too good to be true, but I hope for your sake he is true. She was right. She was right. She was right. And that kind of just hung in the back of my mind as the relationship Mm -hmm. continued. I did have a girlfriend that said, have you verified the stuff that he has said? Why like should what? I do that? Like, right? yeah, like, like and what? Why would he lie to me? Well, like his financial position and okay. yeah, the way he talked, he acted like he was very financially secure. And that, of course, you know, marrying him, I would have no worries. And, you know, even if we were able to start a family, because I was almost 40. Um, and no that kids. Was, that was my goal. I, um, I was like, you know, I don't think, and I fly, I was very frank with him when we were dating. I told him I didn't think biological children were in my future, but that I wanted children and that I wanted a family. And, well, absolutely, adoption is just something I've always thought about, blah, 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 blah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Really, okay. everything everything that I was looking for in a mate, he pretended to be. So what day did it, did it change subtly, or was it like all of a sudden, oh, oh my gosh. It was pretty quickly after. After you got married? After the wedding. Um, so I met him in May. We got married in January of '04, and by March of '04, I insisted on marriage counseling. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, this is not what I signed up for. This doesn't feel right to me. This something's off. I'm not feeling right. I didn't. I knew something was wrong. I couldn't identify it because, quite frankly, I didn't know what a narcissist was. I didn't know there were people like that outside of television and movie scripts. And right. um, I, I was that naive, and I... I think there's a lot more out felt, there than yeah, we realize. I felt it was me. And narcissists are really good. One of their their superpowers is that they have a skill at making you think that you're crazy and not oh, them. Oh, yeah. Right. And um, this was before I had bought into that I was completely crazy. And I, and I was like, no, let's go to a therapist. And the therapist we went to wasn't skilled enough to figure out what was going on. And told me to compromise and learn how to be a good we wife. Had to learn how to compromise together. Was this that? I'm curious. The therapist was this a male or yes, female? Yes, it was. It no, was a male. Okay. And um, he t- and then the stuff that he said there were there was maybe some merit to some of his uh, suggestions. The counselor, yeah, okay. but um, uh, the toddler would use those words against me. Yeah. Of course. All, because you're yes, being vulnerable years. and honest in your therapy Absolutely. session, and then he's going to use it to hit you in the face with later your own words, mm-hmm. throw them back at you. A, your own words, and B, what, also what the counselor said to twist it in a way that would benefit him, not me. Absolutely. And so there was no comp. You don't compromise with a narcissist. They get absolutely every way they want in every situation they want, and there was zero. There was It was all him, no me. Any, okay, let's think, or... Let me get this question out of my brain and into words. What was it about you that he wanted? Why did he target you? Like, what benefit was it to him to marry you and control, and, and control you. you? What I mean, what did you provide him? Well, um, I was a fairly decent meal ticket, um, and he didn't want to work. Um, I was fairly decent um, arm candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked good among his friends. Um, people like me, and I'm some. Mm-hmm. I was somewhat of leader of where I was um, working with that coworker at a time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. People have said that I kind of have some charisma, and I yeah. think he was drawn to that kind of thing. And I am a narcissist magnet. There's no if, ands, or buts. I am a pleaser. I am. Uh, what can I do for you and to help you? And it was just a. It was his match made in heaven. So you, this is not your only narcissist that you. No, been. I've I've looked back and um, talked to my therapist about. That. I'm pretty sure every single one of my <laughs> significant adult relationships were with somebody who had at least a touch of narcissistic personality disorder. So one uh, earlier we had a guest on Dr. Uh, Donna Marche White and she said, you know, cuz I was talking about relationships and she said you keep repeating things. So you have to think to yourself why do you why do you continue to repeat that relationship? And then when you identify what it is, then you can change it. She said because you're until you can identify mm-hmm. it, you're going to keep that cycle up. So if you have reflected back and saw this pattern, how 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 are you different now? And I hope you are like... Yeah, I'm not dating a narcissist now. That is true. <laughs> um, but um, I still might be in a pattern where I sacrifice what I want for the other person. And I think that is also the what makes me a narcissist magnet, is they know that I'm that kind of um, giver. 
Yeah. Um, not that uh, that's the pattern. I don't want to give till it's there's nothing in it for me. You're selfless, right? I, I'm that that I don't want to be a martyr. I don't. I think I've taken on that martyr role in the past. Where I think I have changed is to be more conscious conscious of what I really want, and if I'm not getting it, why? And then starting to identify, okay, it's it's because it's not the right relationship for me. I think in the past it would be, well, I would immediately jump to that there were, the why part was there was something wrong with me. I've done that. And mm-hmm. so I would try to, you know, try harder or whatnot. Yeah. And now it's like, meh. It's, there's a whole lot of power in finally realizing it isn't you. There is something completely wrong with him or and be able to walk away and not... And let go that whole like, yeah, but what if he possibly finally gets his shit together, but we're not together anymore and I don't get to be part of that, you know, like to let, to let him go and all of his stuff, messed up stuff doesn't have to be a part of your life and your life will still be good, you know, without him. So that's kind of, you know, I find that it was very powerful and I, you know, I might be speaking from personal experience here. (laughs) (laughs) I might be. Well, there's still a part of me that, um, I think I want, I want to, I want to try to fix something that's broken. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in a relationship and then I figure out, oh wait, this is broken. I don't immediately run away where I think, well, you're taking, that to me sounds like you're taking a little bit of that blame. Like, oh, there's something I got to do to fix this problem. Maybe so. I don't, I don't know if I'm blaming myself or if it's just that, well, I can help. Let me help. You know, <laughs> you know um, if he just listens to me, I know the answer will make his life so much so easier. Much better. So much better. And our relationship will be that much richer if he'll just listen to me and what I'm, what I'm saying. And it's kind of crazy to think that that's going to happen. Well, right. And, you know, this situation usually happens multiple times. And then, like Dr. Donna Marche White said, you know, identify why, and then you can let that go and hopefully change your own, your own behaviors. And then maybe narcissists won't f- be so easily attracted to you. I got to quit wearing the T-shirt, too. Narcissist wanted. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Narcissists apply here. Right. Yes, apply here. Oh, oh my gosh. Me. <laughs> Room the at the end. The, t- the t-shirt's a problem. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Maybe like walk around, no, walk around with no your bank hat. number, yeah. your account number on the back of your shirt. Yeah. You're like, oh, just my name is ATM. I will take care of you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I would, I, Sugar Mama is my middle name. If you guys, you know, are wanting to live a life of luxury and just be my... Arm candy. <laughs> Apply here. There's obviously a long line. <laughs> it is kind of amazing, though, that that process of when you finally do realize that this, you know, you're reflecting on patterns and you kind of realize the hiccup in that or, you know, why that pattern's happening, um, how instant that change can happen. You know, I I was having a conversation with a friend just last week um, because I I was reflecting how just in the past, like in my professional life, I have, um, I've put a lot of trust in people like you Mm -hmm. have in your, you know, in your relationships. I've put a lot of trust in partnerships and I've, I've had, um, as a result of that, I've, uh, I've trusted when I shouldn't have. 
And um, and I I I had this kind of moment where I was talking with my friend, and I was like, so many times these failures, I look back and I keep thinking, what could I have done differently? I feel like, you know, there's there's something, there's something yeah, or, or, there's something, you know. Yeah. And then I said something like, but I feel like. I don't know, like all of these things were on circumstances that I couldn't control. They were, it was, it was out of my hands. And then he said to me, he goes, no, but I know you and you right now don't inside believe that. You believe that it's your fault. Still to this don't day. You? Yeah. And I, I cried instantly mm-hmm. and I was like, no, I don't. I was like, well, yeah, yeah, okay, clearly, right there, you know, the fact that I cried instantly as soon as he said that was like, uh, voila, you know. Um, but also kind of an amazing thing because, like, that that acknowledgement is allowing me to just kind of let that go. And he's like, he's like, you're absolutely right. You don't have to carry that burden. It isn't all your fault. You know, that kind of like in a movie when they're like, it's not your fault. And the person's like, I know, I know. No, no, no. It's not your fault. I know, I know. No, no, no. It's not your fault. <laughs> you know, it was totally like that. So, you know. Um, I, it is amazing how you can confronting those para, those, those, uh, moments that are paralyze you in a pattern, mm-hmm. you know, can help, help you move on. Well, you hope, you yeah, hope, you do. You hope right. that once you've recognized this pattern that you change it sometimes by human nature, it's a pattern because it's a comfortable pattern because it's what I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, here it comes. This is how this this is how this relationship is because it's just like the other relationship. Yeah. And I'm going to try, you know, the same thing that got me nowhere the last time. Which is try harder. Which is try harder, be thinner, you know, be funnier, make more money, have a cleaner house, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. be as as available, whatever his terms are, you know, let's be selfless. And I think at some point, and I'm, you know, I, I'm 100% sure here at the table, you know, when I did my survey among us, (laughs) that the results are that the wisdom that comes with becoming, you know, living and growing older and aging and experiencing life is that at some point we find that internal courage to break our pattern. And when we break our pattern, like so many other wonderful things come rushing through. Uh, We had a a guest on a couple... uh, episodes ago and she had left a a narcissistic relationship also she's a little younger than you are but when she made the decision to leave it was like this this snap and then she started putting her plans into place when you finally made the decision that you were not going to be married to this man anymore how quickly were you divorced after that Mm. well that's where the toddler nickname came in okay because it took a while he didn't want it i again he was comfortable he, he had what he wanted, right? Yeah, he had what he wanted. He didn't have to work in, for it anymore. Right, everything looked fine, and he had a lovely home, and wasn't really working. And I, yeah. yeah, so yeah, he fought me. It took over a year. Okay. Uh, from, Did you have a prenup or anything like that? No, 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 didn't have that kind of stuff, and we didn't have that kind of assets or anything to you know really fight about. Um, the decision in my head was almost a, a, a snap okay between it was try to work and save this marriage to work get and, that and fuck then, out yeah get me yeah because what 
I really did was started to do more research on on narcissism and what kind of what it was like to be in a relationship with a narcissist and how to manage a narcissistic relationship. <laughs> nah, 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 yeah. nah. And then I just I just went, I don't want to manage my marriage. Right. No. Get me the hell out of here. And then I went from because I had a therapist the entire time. Um, yeah. I went from being terrified that he was going to leave me to the point of get me the hell out of here. I don't care what comes next. And, I can um, sur- if I've survived this, I can survive what comes next. Exactly, and it took a while, and um, you know, he behaved badly throughout that little over a year, and but Didn't I finally share got with it. us that he even tried to like get your parents on his side. Yeah, that little weasel. Um, what he did was he thought that I wouldn't be able to go through with it if I didn't have the support of my family. So he went behind my back to my family and met with them and told them that he was concerned about my mental health. Oh. And that... I've um, been there. I've had that He was really struggling, and um, he was concerned. So he went to my parents, he went to my aunt and uncle, and he went to my cousins that were all in town. That Mm -hmm. I I mean, Mm -hmm. he was going for the juggler as far as my immediate support. Do you think he was going to try to get you committed? No, okay. I think he wanted them to believe that um, that nothing was wrong with it, the marriage, that the problem was all you, with Sarah. You were in your right mind. And I had, um, yeah. yeah, that, uh, you know, it was it was Sarah. So, um, you know, so this concerned. is going to be a rough ride, but I'm, we, I'm, I'm sure sticking we can by her, right. you know, because I'm in because, this for you know, sickness she pays and all health. The bills, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't even cover my own car insurance, but I'm oh gonna my stick. God, but I'm, I'm gonna stick, stick by her because you know that's why I have my cell phone because of Sarah. But you know, I'm concerned. And it made it made it really hard because the the first six months of the process. Well, maybe yeah, probably six months of the process. I had zero support from my family. Really, I had support from my friends. Um, my um, aunt and uncle and cousins and stuff, they just kind of stayed away because yeah. you know, uh, they were wow. like, they didn't know. And my mom and dad tried to talk me into giving the marriage another try. Well, you know, <laughs> Carl's willing to make it work. Yeah. You know, he, he's... Yeah. And, and, if, if he, and, you know, this is your last chance for a family. And, you know, you've already been divorced once. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What what's that? What are people going to think? It is yeah. amazing to me that <laughs> that family these are the people that are, you know, supposed to know you and care about you the most, right? That they would they in the end feel that you're better off in a situation that you clearly are voicing you are it is not healthy for you. That they would well, much prefer that's because yeah. the family's seen what he's presenting, you yeah, know, and they, and, and they like, bought his sales pitch. Yeah, just like we you all bought, bought his. It. We yeah. all bought his sales pitch, and this was seven years later. And again, he did this preemptive sales pitch. They believed him. I've I've forgiven my parents because it it really really hurt. It did mm-hmm. when I didn't have their support, and it took a long time to actually gain their support and it, it's unfortunate it took an outside source to convince my dad it was the first one that saw really what was going on and uh, that's a good story too and then unfortunately it took my mom another several months and it even caused conflict between my mom and dad at the time wow because my dad kept saying joan how much evidence do you need yeah 
uh, what I did is I quit hiding stuff from them. All the thing, all the hurt, little hurtful crap that he would do, and the little jabs, and this, that, and the other, and the, and some of the big outrageous things that he would do. Mm-hmm. Instead of hiding them, I just call up my dad and say, "Hey, so this is what happened to me today." And, um, yeah, how are you guys doing? Well, I'm hanging in there. I just want to let you know this is what happened, you know. And I didn't I didn't candy coat my life anymore. Mm-hmm. And my dad got convinced. You didn't put a filter on it? No, that I didn't is, put a filter on it. That right there, what you just said, resonated with me in such a way. Because I think that just as women, like, we want to protect those that, that we love, right? Mm-hmm. So they weren't necessarily getting all of the details. Oh, no. I of, hid it from yeah. them. Nobody knew, and what I also didn't realize is that how much the toddler isolated my, my me from my friends. Oh, sure, that's a very common well, tactic. That's a common my, tactic. My yep. mother was married to a narcissist. Very same thing. She had no friends during the time of their marriage. And I had friends. I just didn't get to do anything with them. Right. That yeah. So you right. never had the girlfriends night out where right. I would go. You know, I would have complained or whined about. One of the symptoms of the relationship, and somebody would have grabbed said, me hey. by the face and said, "Honey, do you see what's going on here?" Yeah. Because I didn't. Well, that's how it works. Even uh, Jamie, when she yeah, was on, she talked about it. She said that he would say her ex-husband, who was a narcissist or is a narcissist, uh, would say things to her like, "Well, you know, none of your friends really want to hang out with you anymore because you're such a piece of shit." <laughs> oh man! You know, and, well, yeah. And so then she'd be like, "Oh my!" Fr-, you know, then you don't. You know, you're like, don't reach out. I mean, it, it's amazing how similar these very similar these yeah. traits yeah. are when we people that we've talked to. It yeah. it, it really is. Um, and again, I didn't know there were people like that. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that there was a group of folks that behaved in such a similar manner that they call it a disorder. I had zero clue. I was raised by people who had such lovely friends and surrounded themselves with so many lovely people. I really thought that was fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so naive. what's needed, that, you know, in talking am. about breaking that pattern, though, you know, um, it's when you're past the denial about the th- about the truth that is there, when you're past that, just being absolutely, utterly transparent with everybody around you about the truth, right? Be mm-hmm. transparent about what's, what are those, it, it, my husband just told me the other night that he thinks I'm a piece of shit. My friends don't want to see me. Like, had, had, you know, that was Maybe. an example that, that Emily was, exa- was using. Her right. fiance my husband did not right. say that. <laughs> yeah, clear, clear um, we, don't, we don't have to have an intervention with Emily's no. relationship right now, but we would if yeah. she were to say something like that. But that's yeah, that's I'd that's the example. So just be be transparent with your friends. Don't hold back. And women, there are although we were bitching earlier on the episode that dating around fifty in St. Louis kind of sucks. There are more men out there. You do not have to remain in a relationship right. with somebody that treats you oh, in this manner. Right. You know? Well, here's the other deal. I am very comfortable with being single. I like being single. I do single pretty well. I mean, I'm, I'm bitch good about at single. Things. I'm, I've but, been single more in my adult life than I've been married. Oh, and, mm-hmm. Same here, sister. And um, I, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm such kind of an off the, not kind of, I'm an off the charts extrovert. 
I was actually worried about how you were so much shy. Better. Yes, we brought I you here to help. We're working shy. on it. It's a twelve-step program to get you to, to get, get over. Talking. Yeah, to get you out, out of your shell. We've we've accomplished three steps: <laughs> glass one, glass two, and glass three. So there you Thank go. Thank you. Yes, we have. But anyway, you uh, we I I rudely interrupted you with my sarcasm. No worries. <laughs> sarcasm is the best interruption. Um. But you were t- saying you extrovert relationships. Yeah, that I prefer being with somebody, but I don't have to. Yeah, I'm I'm okay, and I I love my house. I love my dogs. I love my life. I love my friends. Mm-hmm. I get to really enjoy my life. I don't have to have somebody. But being an off the chart extrovert, I'm better with somebody. I would yeah. like somebody. Yeah, yeah. You're you social. Know? You like I'm very, share, I'm very share social. social things with. And again, when I am solo, and right now I'm in a relationship where I almost am solo again, it's never I I never feel lonely because I do have so many lovely connections that yeah I, I'm just tickled pink that I have you know yeah. well you know yeah. we're always up to get together for a glass of wine I know. so and, and it I doesn't always to have to include a microphone <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes, Uber you can. My, I, I can walk it. Yes, yeah. yes. But not now with with the cold weather. No, Uber, I'm Uber, a, Uber. I'm a total cold wuss. Um, yeah. yeah. But we have like uh, a swallow, a sip and a half left in all of our glasses mm-hmm. um, of the Onco. Yeah. The well, be, that's because I'm a, I'm a lush and I was drinking more than my share, I'm sure. Well, you're welcome. Well, we'll have you back yeah. on and we'll have a bigger bottle. Yeah. Well, we'll I can just do properly that. prepare. I can even I can even go to the wine merchant and bring my own. So, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Here. yeah. And, and then Sam's, I have something that goes around with Frank speaking. Sam's going to go, oh, God, they all have their own bottle. I'm never going to get out of here. This is why God has invented Uber, too, just so you know. <laughs> but anyway, Sarah, okay. thank you so much for coming oh, on and talking with us today. I would today. love to come back and tell you more stories because I actually do have a few good stories about... Um, uh, my birth mother. Yeah, we, how right. many we cool haven't, things that went we along with scratch the surface of well, <laughs> of everything that we can talk about. I mean, I just remember that first conversation where we had tears of laughter <laughs> as we were talking about the realities of being a woman that's no longer twenty. <laughs> yes, I am definitely no longer twenty. And dating and men I date that are no longer are twenty, no longer 20 <laughs> either. So Andy yeah. is a thing. Yes, yes. And so, that's a whole other podcast that we right. have scheduled oh, on, on, on dealing with. Um, I feel like I should be on a mission. <laughs> <laughs> it's her vocation <laughs> to educate. And warn and yes, uh, and, and share with her sisters. Process improvement. <laughs> That's what I do as a consultant. Yeah. So. Oh, those 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 men have no idea, no idea what help you could provide them. But anyway, we are almost done with our wine and our conversation today. But it is not a conversation that is over. We will ha- definitely have you back, Sarah. And um, thank yeah, you so much for coming and joining us here today. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I'll come back in. Anytime y'all want. Perfect. Well, thank you. And well, so, listeners out there, uh, if you will like us, please subscribe, like us. <laughs> share. share. Um, <laughs> it helps uh, helps other people discover Clitterly Speaking the podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, fa- Twitter. Twitter. We're everywhere. Everywhere that 
social media that we're comfortable with. Um, we also have a comment line. I know I referenced it earlier, but if you call us at 812-727-0794, you can leave us a comment on anything that we've talked about. Uh, send us emails. Go to our website, clitorallyspeakingpodcast.com. Just anything. This has been just, you know, I, I can't imagine my life before our podcast. I really can't. And uh, I, I have so much fun doing this and I really appreciate you doing this with me, Emily. Oh, me too, Michelle. This is such a joy. Cheers. Cheers. It was a fabulous idea, ladies. Fabulous. Here's, here's to continuing the real conversations with real women. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.